0: It's the Big Wake Up Call. I'm Ryan Gatenby, and time for my next guest. They are the New York Times bestselling authors of a new book, 1,000-plus Little Habits of Happy, Successful Relationships. We are going to visit with Mark and Angel Chernoff, and good morning. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having us, Ryan. Thank you for joining to me today. Here. Oh, that's how are things going where you are? Things
1: are going very good. Uh, you know, just getting, getting in the rhythm of the new normal here. Um, and uh, grateful to be on the show and, you know, available to talk about the new book.
0: Well, yeah, and first of all, this is a book that is, it's very hard to put down. It just flows so naturally from one topic to the next. And, and what I like is you would think, oh, this is just a book of lists. It is not a book of lists. You have a, a hard fact. You have a helpful hint. You have like an actionable item in, a, in every single paragraph you have here
1: yeah well so the the focus of the the idea of this was habits right yeah we have habits that work for us and against us and a lot of times we think of habits as being something that might lead towards a goal but we also have habits in our relationships that can be very unhealthy and so we want to tweak those right we want to take them from the things that work against our relationships and ourselves towards those that do um so yeah the book is filled with these really concise reminders about how we can live better for ourselves and the people we love, and the little things that we can actually do daily and reinforce daily uh, to, to make that happen.
0: Can you share with us a little bit of the background on writing the book, like how you, how you researched these items or how you, you came up with them? And did at any point, did you regret promising the publisher a thousand items? <laughs> Well, so
1: this is actually a follow up to another book we had written called "The Thousand Little Things How Successful People Do Differently. Um, it's a good question. It's a funny one. Uh Angel and I so uh, let's get a really super quick uh background story. We uh, went through some very difficult grief and loss about twelve years ago. Uh, loss of a sibling and then a back to back back loss of a uh another loved one. Uh, it was suicide and illness, um, both within a month of each other. This was also the downturn of the economy, so we were struggling financially out of work as well. And um, we realized that holding ourselves accountable to the things that we already knew was what was important. So, like, we knew, hey, we need to step into this grief and not away from it. Um, but, of course, in the midst of our stress and our grief, we were doing the complete opposite. So our book, A Thousand Little Things, was born as a kind of a public accountability journal. All the little ideas in that book we wrote to ourselves, and it eventually became a book. And it was just, here, here are the things, call them prayers, affirmations, whatever you want to call them, that we need to remember daily to step through the grief and to, to, to support ourselves and our own growth. A Thousand Little Habits takes it one step further, and it focuses specifically on our relationships. Because one of the things Angel and I realized through that very difficult time was we were not having the conversations we need to have as a couple, and we were not having the conversations we needed to have with family members either. We were shying away from all the stuff we knew we needed to do. And so this book is born from that idea, and a lot of the ideas came from all the coaching sessions um, that we've had with, you know, it's been hundreds of people since that point in time. So we've taken really close account of what works and what doesn't for both couples, intimate relationships, and also platonic relationships, friendships, and so forth.
0: How do you think couples would get the most out of this book? Is it reading it to for for reflection? Is it conversation starter? Something they would read together? How would you recommend someone get into this and and be able to see the benefits from it?
2: This is the perfect book to dive in and out as needed. So. Personally, we read a page every day, um, even with our child. Right, like so. I think starting your day with a cup of coffee or however you start your day, and just reading a couple pages gets you in the right mindset. And reading it out out loud with your significant other, with your family, or even by yourself, it's a it's a perfect read to do with others or to do by yourself. Or you know, you can either do it to start your day, to end your day, or when you feel it necessary, like you're you're just feeling you know some anxiety, some stress, just the idea here is that you can flip to any page in the book and find a nugget of wisdom to get your mindset
0: right. And obviously you have relationships with with, uh, with, with couples, husbands, wives, partners. You have relationships with families. You have a, such a touching story in there about um, one of your friends building a house, realizing, well, this is just a house, but a home is wherever your family is. And just, just a, a loving, touching segment. And that was such a great perspective.
1: Oh, yeah. Thank you. It's it's one of those things where, I mean, sometimes we, you know, this is just a quick story of a, a very close friend of mine, a dear friend who I actually just visited recently for the first time since the pandemic started. So it was nice to have him around. Um, but, yeah, a, a story of, you know, putting the wrong priorities first. You know, this, this father really thought they, he needed a bigger home. He needed all the things he needed to provide for his family with call it like extravagances, right? Like the, the lavish little gifts that we like to give our loved ones when really what was needed at the end of the day was presence. And I think that's something that we've learned throughout the pandemic really is that, our, you know, at least our immediate family, we've spent a ton of time with them recently and, it, and we haven't been able to distract ourselves with these exciting, you know, uh, lavish gifts and experiences and so forth. Sure. But where we have won this battle is really in being able to pay attention to each other, really in noticing what each other need, both the, the conversations we need to have and also the space, you know, and the individual personal time that we need to offer our loved ones. So just tuning in and really knowing, um, what, what it means to have a loving home, I think is, is incredibly important. And that's what that little story touches on.
0: Well, and then bringing up the pandemic, and you mentioned something about one of the biggest things kids want is for their parents to be happier and be less stressed. As we're in such a stressful situation right now, how how can we demonstrate to our kids the right way to deal with stress, you know, if if we're having such a hard time with it ourselves?
2: I think it's important to slow down, right? I, I think, you know, so often we are on the go, you know, shuffling our kids to one, one extracurricular activity to the next, um, working and just go, go, go. And I think the pandemic has forced us to slow down. And I think it's important to have that quality time, that that white space, right, that empty space where you can just be together without an agenda. And so I think we can model that for our children by channeling that inner calmness, right, channeling that where we can be calm to just be without constantly having an agenda and on the go.
0: Well, and being calm. And there's another thing, you know, just there is, I feel like there's so much division out there. There's so much anger. There's so much frustration out there right now. So how, you know, you need to kind of, I don't know how you work on staying calm and rational when others around you are, are continually angry. That's a very difficult challenge, I think, for a lot of us.
1: Oh, it most definitely is. And I mean, in Angel, so right, you know, calmness is a human superpower. There's no question about that. But, but then the question is how, you know, how can we be calm in the face of drama and, and anger and so forth? And there's not a one size fits all answer to that. But t- absolutely and undoubtedly, the baseline is ourselves, right? We cannot control other people. What we can control is how we respond. In our response is our power. And so how can we respond better? Well, we have to take account of how we feel. You know, so if you are getting ready to engage with someone who typically frustrates you, um, that's a perfect moment to tune in. How am I feeling right now? Like, what is the thought going on in my head? Who am I with this thought? Uh, You know, like, what else would I see about this person in this situation if this wasn't the focal point of my mind right now? What is the opposite of whatever is going on in my head about this person? And can I find at least some truth in that to give myself the perspective I need? to step into this, you know, tense situation. Um, Again, it's centering yourself. We cannot control how this other person is behaving or the drama that is ensuing around us, but we can calm ourselves. We can tune into ourselves. We can bring some level of awareness that allows us to better cope in those environments and makes a world of difference.
0: Why is that such a hard thing to learn for a lot of us, that we can't control what other people do when we realize, you know, we can only control what we ourselves are doing right in this moment?
2: Because we have expectations, right? We have expectations of how others should behave and respond, and I think that's what gets the best of us. Like We want to put um, each other in boxes, right? And say, hey, they, they should always act like this, or they should behave in this way. And I think it's so important, like Mark said, you cannot control other people, you cannot control their responses, but all you can do is control your response. And all day, every Day, you are going to be receiving an invitation, right? An invitation to engage in unnecessary drama or conversations that don't move the needle forward and are not filling your bucket. And so I think it's important to recognize that, right? Do you need to 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 provide an input to every single, you know, piece of drama or gossip? Does your does your voice need to be heard in these situations? Is it worth engaging in? Is it healthy for you to engage in? Is it moving the needle forward? And and so I think once you recognize that, you can start looking at conversations differently and saying, okay, is this really fueling me and feeding me, or is this taking away from me and just causing me anger and upsetness?
0: And the book is 1,000 Plus Little Habits of Happy, Successful Relationships. The authors are my guests, Mark and Angel Shernoff. and thank you so much for joining me today.
2: Thank, thank you. you very much for having
1: us.